Hi everyone. Thanks for joining me on this episode on the Book of Jubilee series with Guide for Truth TV. I'm your host, Kimberly Boggio. A few weeks ago, I introduced you to a book of Jubilees, and before we dive right into the first chapter, I thought it'd be important to draw your attention to the foreword section from the researchers who put their commentary behind this book. It's important because after the creation story, we're going to dive into the story of Adam and Eve and the fall of man, but right before this, we're going to go over some geography that scripture mentions. This part of scripture just seems to be a mention, but when you hear what they have uncovered in this very short description of geography, it'll blow you away. I promise you have never heard this in church. Most of us have a visual concept in our minds that creation started in or around the land of Israel. What if I told you that we have been visualizing this all wrong? Did God create the whole earth? Well, yes. So why is it when we think of creation, we automatically locate everything in the beginning in the Middle East? That's why I want to read the forward part of this version of the Book of Jubilees to introduce you to some of their geography research and because I believe it will get you to think about what you have been taught and challenge you to dig back into your scriptures and prove what you have been told. So let's dive in. Over five years ago, our team of researchers, the God Culture, began to embark upon the journey of a lifetime. We had reviewed a claim that the Philippines was the ancient land of gold in which King Solomon acquired resources for the temple. At first, we thought it would lead to perhaps a trail, but such ancient geography would be very difficult to prove. And as we ripped through every scripture and assessed the Hebrew especially, we were greatly intrigued to learn there appeared to be a biblical connection, but certainly that would only be a case of Bible, we thought. For us, this is good enough, but we all know most demand more because they don't believe the Bible. So we expanded our search into the realm of history, etc., which was incredibly abundant and overwhelmingly, and pretty much all this information was new to us as it is not taught largely. However, one merely needs to read what the Spanish chroniclers wrote when they came and it is rather difficult to conclude any other land could even possibly fit Ophir. We continued this to the point that we finally created a YouTube channel and launched Solomon's Gold series, which has been a hit internationally for millions. However, as we were proving Ophir, we kept receiving comments from many Filipinos who were telling us that land is also the location of the Garden of Eden. Of course, being researchers, we were skeptical we would ever be able to prove that, but Ophir led to so many things we did not expect. After some months, we did not release any Garden of Eden videos and we moved on to our flood series. When we did, we decided to take another look at this book of Jubilees, which we had all read but knew little about as seminaries and churches are willingly ignorant on the book. And because they are told that it is by the Pharisees or rabbis, as we reached chapter eight, we thought it beneficial to cover what is Noah's division of the earth among his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He had no other sons and those three inherited the entire earth. 
Yet we're told Noah only mapped the Middle East? That makes no logical sense, but it is something we are told and most have accepted as we had previously. However, we began to follow the directions on a map, proving out each point. Oh my, this mapping unveiled the location of the Garden of Eden. It defined Shem, Ham, and Japheth's territories worldwide and certainly not just the Middle East. It locates the seat of Gog of Magog's power and so much more. We were flabbergasted that this book from at least 2,000 years ago somehow had all this information that we were told was not known until modern times. What was more amazing is how far modern scholarship has strayed from these once known facts and they support such geography typically with etymologies of words that sound sim similar from languages not even associated. Frankly, it is almost as if they do not wish to know these things, and perhaps some do not. You will notice in our commentary, we will remove the modern scholarly paradigm from its pedestal many times. We do so with evidence that proves it is operating in Pharisee leaven and certainly not in the word at times. When we can take the word and obliterate their positions, it is sad, but we are done with placating poor scholarship. Pharisees interpret Torah through the Talmud, and we find this prevalent in the church and we call it out, and if that offends anyone, you're welcome. We are not affiliated with any control system, nor will we ever be. In fact, we find R.H. Charles in his original release of this translation, which remains very good as a translation, also infused the Talmud in his footnotes over a hundred times, attempting to make it appear Jubilees was written by a Pharisee and that was before the Dead Sea Scroll finds. He then concludes a Pharisee must have written it, which we will test, and in 150 BC, which we will test, and would you know, the miraculous dating of the Dead Sea Scroll fragments is also 150 BC, 40 years later. It is truly a miracle as that is not a scientific dating. It remains a guess based on the same logic as Charles and the other Pharisees of the time. Perhaps the Rockefellers who funded that museum oddly could not afford a scientific dating. The extremely incredible things about these Talmudic footnotes is they prove that Jubilees was not written by the Pharisees and its concepts were and remain extremely foreign to them as does Torah. In fact, it only truly reads it. The book condemns Pharisee doctrines and their calendar even. They were shocked by the Dead Sea Scrolls because the Levite priests they exiled from the temple lived there and kept scripture, commentary, hymns, etc. in which they are unfamiliar. This is because they are not Hebrews and have never represented such system except through their Samaritan Persian worship in which they infused it. If you do not know this, even the Jewish encyclopedia tells us Pharisees changed their names and the name of their religion after the temple was destroyed to Judaism and they are now called rabbis. We all know what the Bible says to call no man rabbi, nor father, of course. Yet oddly, the Pharisees and the Catholic Church chose those exact abominations as titles. It is almost as if Messiah knew they would. In curating this publishing of the R.H. Charles translation from 1903 of the Book of Jubilees, we have removed practically 
all the Talmud references as they are impertinent. Messiah rejected the Talmud, calling the traditions of the Pharisees against his commandments in Mark 7, and their changes render the word of none effect. It serves no useful purpose in interpreting the Bible, and it is lined with leaven as we are warned. Today, scholarship relies heavily on those first century rabbis who are Pharisees, even by name then, thoroughly rebuked and laid out by Messiah. When they do so, they are in danger of applying leaven and many times they do whether knowing it or not. None of us are perfect, however, but regardless, let's just get to the truth. We are in the days of Daniel predicted when knowledge will increase and we will we believe we are already seeing this around the world. Are you aware of a YouTube channel, for instance, that has been hidden or even shut down because its content is a threat? I recently viewed a congressional hearing in which they were chastising Facebook for acting like they are the government. Good for them if they actually do something about it, of course. We know several and they were merely teaching the Bible. Imagine how evil YouTube and Facebook would have to be to act as judge and jury and replace even government censoring content in which they do not agree and that content is the Bible? Hmm. Well, they have and they continue to behave irresponsibly and frankly, they are applying the dumbest business practice imaginable when they do. On the God Culture channel, we have covered many portions of Jubilees and we decided to dig even deeper. In the beginning of this book, we offer our research proving whom lived in Qumran and conduct a Torah test. That is a right we have earned with detailed research and most scholars have not on this. The book of Jubilees then published in full beginning on page 53. You can even download that book free from many sources and there would be no good reason to publish this if that was the only reason. The difference in this publishing is we explain many things you may not have considered, which Jubilees clarifies that Genesis does not, which we follow with a large section in the back of the book. Our maps explaining Noah's division of the earth, the ark landing, the rivers from Eden, and the path to the Garden of Eden especially are profound and will assist you in understanding these directions in which Noah was brilliant. We also lay out the Torah calendar of Jubilees from creation to the Exodus by date in Anamundi as Jubilees documents. This is a record in which every believer should be aware. We speak plain English. We do not sugarcoat and do not ask us to because we will not. We are not scholars and we have left mainstream churchianity in pursuit of the God culture of Adam, Noah, Abraham, and Enoch. We have never been happier. We are tired of the church not looking like the Bible, Ecclesia, and we are seeking his truth in ways in every way we can. Jubilees is very useful in defining his ways. The real question remains, is Jubilees scripture inspired and canon? We will thoroughly bet that. Does it conflict with Genesis as it covers the same era? We will prove that out as well. Was it canon at one time? Oh, this answer will surprise many. Why was it removed from the canon? The bigger question though is, 
when and by whom, and when you understand this, much will come into focus, especially satisfying why. If that portion does not interest you, well, go download a copy of Jubilees, which you can get for free and try reading it, not with blinders, which is a waste of time. Read what it says and what it does not say. Study it in parallel with Genesis, whether our version or others. This book has over 1,000 cross-references we have checked, edited, and curated, many to Genesis and the rest of Torah. When you uncover that Jubilees is quoted by Messiah, James, Peter, John, Paul, and Luke, it will likely astound you. We will draw conclusions based on our investigation and offer in-depth research in the back of those who wish to go deeper. Remember, those are our conclusions and a right we have earned, but do not accept any conclusion from anyone without testing it for yourself, especially if they have lots of initials after their names. Just about every false prophet has hailed from a great resume in the scholarly community. Here, you will get a view from a group of researchers who wish to prove things and share our findings. Let's just get to the truth. May you find truth and grow in relationship with Yahusha. Do we know the truth or is the strong delusion already at work here? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that I that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his name. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work.
Thank you for watching the Book of Jubilee series. Please like and share this message. And if you have something to share or have a need, please comment below. And please follow us on our YouTube channel, Guide for Truth TV. And remember, let no man deceive you by any means. God bless to everyone.